You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to this week's edition of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scott McPike, it's a pleasure to be your host as always. We are delighted to be here again this week to talk about the action in the SPFL. Joining me, making his next appearance on the show after his, his brilliant appearance in the season previews, Lewis Anderson. Lewis, a pleasure to welcome you back on, thanks for coming on. Dear Scott, yep, looking forward to this evening. Um, it's been another action-packed weekend of, uh, of football, so... Uh, Looking forward to getting through the games. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really good to go through. And we're delighted making his first appearance in the show. You'll know him from his blog, Blair McAnally. Blair, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are we doing? I've been keeping an eye on the show for a while. You're doing not too bad with it anyway, uh, all over Twitter. So delighted to be on. It's an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to getting into this week of, shall we say, action-packed football. Yeah, it's been a good weekend as well. Obviously, your blog. We'll talk. We'll, we'll do a wee plug for your blog vlog later on in the show. It's a, I'll watch it a lot. I'm a big fan of it. Let's get straight into the action. We've six games in the Premiership, and they're all as action packed as the other. We'll start at Ibrox on Saturday. Rangers force and Johnson nil. Rangers continue their 100 percent start to the season. A massive boost for Rangers over the week. Over the week, beating the uh, Union in the Champions League, getting through to play PSV in the playoff, and they continued that good run with an excellent four 0 victory. Three of the new signings, Tillman, Kolak and Lawrence with a goal, with a goal, and Scott Arfield as well, rounding it off for Rangers. Lewis, I'll start with you. It's when you are kind of take a bit of time for these the new signings to gel at Rangers, but they're they're gelling in pretty quickly and they look they do look pretty good. There was a lot of good football during the during the game. I thought they were very clinical as well. Cholak obviously looks a good player and Tillman as well. It's just been really it's a really good been a really good week for Rangers and that's capped it off. Yep, yep, they seem to be shaping up really well, Scott. Um, they seem to be getting better with each game as well. Um, the only slight concern for me, I'd say, is the way they've been starting games. I feel like they're, they're just taking a wee bit of time to kind of grow into the game, but it seems as soon as that first goal goes in that uh, the confidence levels seem to go through the roof and they start playing this kind of real free-flowing uh, brand of football and, and they've got real kind of flair players uh on, on, on either wing, you know, Malik Tillman, he's been the, the player on the lips, I think, last weekend. Yeah. He's been absolutely outstanding, um, technically brilliant. Um, personally, I think he looks a better player when he's played in more of a central role than out wide. Um, and uh, a guy, again, Robbie Matondo, for example, he's another one. Um, again, probably, you know, I know he's been played by injury um, so far, but I thought he had his best game for Rangers yesterday um, in particular. And to be honest, they, they took care of St. Johnson um, pretty pretty comfortably in the end. So that'll be uh, a good kind of confidence booster going into the game against PSV. I think they'll know that they uh, will have to up their levels again um, going into this one. Um, they know they won't be able to, to start slowly um, like they have been doing the last couple of weeks, but uh, certainly they'll be full of confidence going into it. Yeah, I think that's a good point you touched on with Matondo. I thought as well when he played in the left, I thought like he was, I thought he was a lot more sharp on the left, but obviously he's been brought into playing the right. But you see, just a, he's good with that kind of right foot as well. I think and, he spent last season, majority of last season, yeah. with Schalke out in the left. So that's kind of, 
he, he knows that position and he seems quite comfortable out there. And um, I was wondering as well, I don't know what you think about this, like Ryan Kent, I thought on Wednesday night, I thought he was a bit off it. I think he's getting to the stage now where he's kind of fed up playing the left. Would he maybe slot into the right and Matondo on the left and kind of switch, they could switch during games and things like that? Like you've got that op- the options now, I think just for so long it's been Kent's been your only real area of width. You've got likes of Matondo, Tillman can play in the, the left and right, as you say. And they've got more options now as well. It's just the, the squad's a lot more deep, I would say, just particularly in attacking areas. Blair, what was your overall thoughts on Rangers' performance? Obviously, Cholak getting his, his third goal. It was crazy to think two weeks ago, everybody was slating him, saying that it wasn't good enough. It was a waste of space. He looks a good player. He looks a good finisher as well. Rangers did look good on Saturday, I thought. Well, what I was going to say is three of their new signings scored on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The transfer window is very underrated. Rangers' transfer window has been magnificent. Tom Lawrence, a player that was said to be done with in Player was said to be done with in the championship, and he's he's not. He's, he's showed he showed it in midweek, and he showed it once again uh, yesterday. Uh, just blew St Johnson out of the water, didn't they? And it's just a new energy about Rangers, and I think it's only a good thing getting into a game against PSV. Do you know? Yeah, I think as as well as you say about getting into PSV, just a lot of confidence getting in, scoring four goals. Again, we touch on, I mean, 2-0, the game's over, and Rangers and Celtic today, obviously, they're pushing for more goals. They know it's going to come down to that during the season. Lewis, a word in St. Johnson, obviously, it was it was going to be a tough ask anyway, going to Ibrox and trying to get anything, but they did have early chances. They missed a, a good chance early on, but once Rangers got on, got on the front foot, as you say, and scored that first goal, it was just a case of damage limitation for St. Johnson, I thought. That's it, yeah. I mean, their the recent record going to Ibrox the, the doesn't make for great reading at all. Um, and to be honest, again, this isn't the type of game that, you know, Callum Davidson's going to be judged on this season and his players, you know. Um, but realistically, going to Ibrox, you, you, you're doing well if you come away with a point. So um, I don't think they'll be overly concerned. As you said, Theo Blair, he had that great chance in the first yeah. half to open scoring. And, you know, if he, if he sticks that away, then um, who knows what kind of could have happened. But, you know, They'll just need to dust themselves down and uh, and move on. I don't think they'll be um, overly concerned. Um, so uh, no, I think um, I think St Johnson will uh, will uh, hopefully kick on from here. Yeah, I think I think as well. Obviously, like St Johnson going to Ibrox, it's it's it is a tough ask, and keeping it down to a low score was probably the plan. But as you say, it's just Rangers kind of blew them away in the second half. I thought as well, just like the, the some of the movement Rangers had, like Sir Lawrence coming on, Morelos, I thought, coming on as well. Like you've Morelos, like Cholak's obviously been really good, but Morelos still, he's going to take time to sharpen up, but he still get that kind of knows where to be and things. I just, I think Rangers are finally beginning to click, and I think obviously getting into this massive game on Tuesday and obviously. Hibs in Saturday. It's going to be a it's going to be a massive week for Rangers, but they're certainly doing it well in the league so far. We will go to Petodre for the next game. Aberdeen two, Motherwell three. Blair, this was a game full of action. Motherwell taking the lead. Aberdeen coming back to two one, and then Motherwell turning it around. But obviously, the news during the week was Stevie Hamill is now the permanent manager at Motherwell. What was your immediate thoughts on that when you've heard that Hamill get the job on a permanent basis? I think it's the right, the right decision because they've needed somebody that's that knows the league inside out, never mind the club inside out. Um, 
they've had too many, I would say, too many English managers coming up that don't know a lot about the Scottish game and they're trying to play a different style of game. You know, it's two totally different games, Scottish and English game. So I feel quite a few have flopped. Now that there's somebody that knows Motherwell inside out, never mind just the, uh, the Scottish game, uh, I think it's going to be a great move. And it showed straight away on Saturday. I went to the Sligo Rovers game. Um, I've done a vlog on that on the YouTube. And Motherwell did not look anything like the Motherwell I've seen last season. I think they'd lost all uh, hope, even um, they'd lost everything under that manager. Uh, and his time is up, to be honest with you. Lewis, what did you think about Stevie Hamill? Obviously a legend at the club, and there was talk during the week there was maybe a couple other names in the frame. But I think Hamill, although obviously it was kind of it's a tough ask for any kind of legend there to kind of go in and, again, put their kind of reputation at risk. But it seems the right appointment. It just seems the right appointment, as you say, as Blair made a good point there. Someone who who's at the club and has a bit of credibility with the support, I think it's just, I think it might be the right appointment. Yeah, yeah, I agree with what Blair said, to be honest. Um, knows the club inside out. You know, I, I, I understand some fans will view it, you know, the, the safe option, the cheaper option, if you like. But, um, you know, Bear in mind, since Hamill's retired, he's been involved in the, the academy setup um, ever since. He's, he's, you know, a fantastic coach. Um, I've actually seen a couple of his coaching sessions that he's led before, and, he, you know, he really good, uh, really good man manager. Um, I think, you know, he knows the squad as well inside out. He's already kind of spoken about the areas that he wants to um, strengthen further as well. Um, so yeah, no, I think um, I think it's a good appointment for Motherwell. Um, you know, you look at the game yesterday; they won three two. But in all honesty, I thought they could have scored more. Um, given the number of chances they created, I was really impressed with them. Um, you know, Aberdeen will be will be concerned in that six goals conceded in the last couple of games. So, um, they'll certainly be concerned from that point of view. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's just that the, as you said, I mean, the, the performance against Sligo was woeful. Um, at times, I didn't think they looked brilliant in the latter stages of last season either in a couple of their games. Um, so, you know, rectifying the, the standard of performance will be something that Hamill will, uh, will need to try and improve as well. But, uh, you know, on paper, I think that he's got decent players there at his disposal. He really does. And uh, and, and Kevin Van Veen, they've got a, a natural goal scorer as well. So, um, Motherwell, I think um, under Hamill, you'll see them improve. Um, but it'll be a gradual improvement. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think, as you say, I think the first thing he needs to do, as we spoke about in the past couple of weeks, you need to replace Tony Watt. You can't give the load to Kevin Van Veen completely. The lights are really going out as well. Just a bit more creativity, but again, Blair, a massive result for Murrow, especially going 1-0 up and then going 2-1 down to bring it back so quickly as well. I mean, it was only eight minutes after Aberdeen took the league that Motherwell were back in front. So it shows you they do have that character to come back. And again, you'll take a win at Pataudry any day of the week. I think it's good that it shows that they've still got it in them after such an abysmal start to the season. Because uh, there was a lot of people saying the players had given up, etc. Um, and obviously they had under that manager. But now they've got a new lease of life. He's seen the new Lisa Life on Saturday. He said he touched about Willery. I think that's a massive loss. He had energy, he had pace going forward. But for Van Veen to get back on the score sheet, 
I think that's absolutely massive because he is he is and was the spearhead of the spearhead of Motherwell before they took a terrible dip. Um, so for him to get back in the score sheet, that's now the driving force. If he can get back on form, I think Motherwell will be fine this season. Lewis, is there a is there a worry about Aberdeen? Well, obviously, we last week they scored four. I don't think there's any issues in them scoring goals. I think that they've got some terrific talent going forward, but. At the back, they are very, very open. I, I thought some of the goals they lost on Saturday were comical. We don't, I, you see, I, I don't think they'll struggle to, to find the, put the ball in the net, but they've got to keep it out if they want to challenge Hearts. And as you see today, Hearts can really, really go for that third place and make it their own. And Aberdeen need to sh- seriously kind of shut the door at the back. Yep. Um, I think yesterday's performance kind of epitomised that they're still very much a work in progress. You know, a lot of uh, player turnover in the summer. You know, Jim Goodwin's clearly still got a lot of work to do. Um, I still wonder as well if he's still doesn't not quite sure what his best team is, mm-hmm. in all honesty. He's kind of chopped and changed quite a bit last couple of weeks. And uh, as he said yesterday, cut open, sliced open so easily by Motherwell. Um, I think, am I right in thinking they had Ross McCrory playing centre-back last night, uh, yesterday, sorry, I know he's been playing kind of Scales and Stewart as the partnership, but I think Scales was playing on the left yesterday. So I'm not too sure if that might have just kind of disrupted the... I don't think McCrory, he doesn't scream, scream out to be a centre-half to me. Like he's, when he was at Rangers, like he kind of came in as a centre-half and he looked okay the first few games, but when you, when they kind of moved him into midfield, he, he looked as if he's got a bit more in the... T- he looks a bit more of a kind of ball player and things like that. And as you say... Scales, I, I'm, I was really impressed with the scale signing. I think Stewart's obviously the big kind of defensive signing that he's made, and it's just going to be difficult. But the, I just think McCrory as a centre half, it's just never ever stood out to me. But I mean, you look at their talent, you look at their forward talent. That boy Clarkson, I, I thought was really good last week. Mayofsky, they've got the wonder, talent there. I just wonder, you know, he's still got another couple of weeks left in the transfer window as well. You know, there's a lot of talk about David Bates leaving. Um, yeah. You know, if he if he, if he if they managed to get him out the door, would that free up a bit of cash? I don't know if they still have some available to them. You know, to maybe look at bringing in another another player in that area of the pitch. See, it's that is tough because you've got like they obviously have have a few quid in the that summer likes a Calvin Ramsey, Lewis Ferguson going, but he's got he's he's had money to spend and it's difficult to really look. I'm just going to kind of go through the. Their team like Richardson's there. Who do you kind of have as 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 you say as another kind of defensive option? I look at their, their bench and you've got like forward wise you've got like Christian Ramirez to come off. You've got that boy. Is it is it Duke? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like forward wise they're they're sorted in my opinion. It's just finding that extra wee bit just at the back and the other uh, defensive option they had yesterday was Jack McKenzie, who's obviously yeah. come from the, the youth academy, and I know he's a player that the Aberdeen fans do rate highly um, mm. but he has had his kind of niggles I think um, towards the tail end of last season just kind of struggled to get back into the team but uh, I know he's a player that they've got high hopes for um, again he's just got to take that next step and really kind of kick on in his development Blair what's your kind of thoughts in Aberdeen like they've they've started well we've spoke about they've they've had plaudits for their performances so far this season but that was a real test on Saturday to of their metal against a team like Motherwell who are going to be hard working, who are going to really kind of take their chances that they get and Aberdeen just couldn't 
stop them. I think there's too much chopping and changing with Aberdeen. Um, I watched an interview and it was about Jose Mourinho on Man United and he says, give two or three years to Man United and keep the same players and they will do good. And I think it's a similar story with Sir Alex Ferguson leaving to Derek McInnes leaving. Obviously, it wasn't as good, but uh, the fact that after he's left, there's been too much chopping and changing managers, players. There's never been a consistency with a lineup, and that does affect it at the end of the day. And uh, now, I think getting that centre back from Wickham, <laughs> he's a massive signing. He looked on real mad as a Celtic fan. He was at the game, and even though Celtic battered them. Um, he says the boy was unreal and having somebody like that at the back I know they didn't do well on Saturday but having somebody like that at the back can make a massive difference to the players in front of them I watched them I was at the playoff final Sunderland v Wickham in May uh, Anthony Stewart isn't it? Yeah Yeah and he's just an absolute rock and hopefully he does kick on but yeah, I think that Aberdeen might need a f- couple more creative players. I'm not seeing enough in the creative end for them. Um, but if they kick on, they keep a consistency with the lineup. they could do well this season. Um, I'm not going to say they're going to do extremely well because they've still got a good bit to do. Blair, Blair raises a good point there, um, Scott. You know, Anthony Stewart, again, I honestly didn't know much about him. Um from the time at Wickham, um, but to to come to a new club and immediately get handed the captaincy yeah. as well, you know, Jim Goodwin's clearly seen something in training that he thinks this boy's a, a born leader. So, um, yeah, I echo what you said. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, both teams, I think, it's going to take them a bit of time just to kind of settle, get their best teams in place. I think both teams will be very active in the transfer window from now to the end of August. Muller will probably in the, the striking department, I would say Aberdeen in the defensive department, but a massive one for Motherwell. Another game that saw both teams scoring, Livingston 2, Hibs 1. This game had absolutely everything in it. There was arguments in the touchline, there was bad tackles, there was goals in either half, there was everything in this game. Blair, first of all, before we get into talking about the game, another player who stood out to me was... Um, I'm so impressed with Joel Newblay and the way he started this season. I know he was really good last season at Abroth and we spoke about him a lot, but he has taken to the Premiership so well. Again, another goal. He's just a defender's, defender's nightmare. He's just, he's so, he's everywhere. And he's, again, if you've got that technical ability and you can finish, I think it's going to be a tough for Livingston to keep hold of him, I think. Well, I knew about him before most people knew about him because, unfortunately, I'm a Partick Thistle fan. So I watched him literally rip us to shreds on about three or four occasions. Yeah. Um, the boys, I wonder to watch. I remember just... There's only two I've, two players I've seen at Fur Hill that have actually sat in awe that have controlled the game so well. Glenn Kamara for Dundee. It was the game before he signed for Rangers. They beat us 3-0. And Joe Nibley. Two players... Everybody's just been like, wow. Um, the boy, he's, he, he's, his footwork, very similar to Jory Bo, in a sense. Very good with his neat footwork, but his dribbling is remarkable. The size of him, he uses the size of him exactly as needed, and he just shoves people off the ball, doesn't he? He's just an absolute machine. Um, but uh, if he keeps up the way he's going, I think everybody's starting to notice him now. I'm happy that he is hitting form because I knew what he had, the yeah. threat he did possess. 
first couple of games he didn't do that well for Livingston and then now he's just kicked on, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's, he started this season so well. Lewis, how impressive have you been with Yeah, yeah, very much so. He's, um, yeah, he's, he looks a, an absolute tank, to be fair. He'd, uh, he'd strike the fear into you um, being a, a, a central defender anyway, coming towards you. Um, I think David Martindale's spoken in the press about how he feels he needs to improve his stats overall, though. Um, in terms of getting that kind of recognition from, you know, clubs in the English Championship, things like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he can add, you know, assists to his game as well as uh, goals this season. It's a big year for him. Um, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised it's taken him a bit of time to, to get kind of earn his chance in the Livingston first team. Because as Blair says, he's been fantastic during his, his spells on loan. He's and, such a, he's such a confident player, isn't he? He's so like confident in his own abilities. You watch him on Saturday. He was in the corner flag. Don't know if you've seen it. And there was three or four players around him, and he just ripped them all. Like you don't see that a lot in Scottish football. No. So. On to the game. Obviously, Newbury gave Livingston the lead, and Blair Livingston absolutely dominated this first half. Like they were. If it was three or four, nothing at half time, I don't think Endy could have disagreed. Like Livingston was so in control of the game, and I think it's difficult to see. Like I think Livingston did deserve to win the game, just based on that. Yeah, um, Livingston, I joy to watch again. David Martindale is very underrated. He gets a lot of stick, obviously, for his past and stuff. But in man to man, even in interviewing him, etc., what a great guy he is, and. The type of person that he is definitely rubs off in that changing room because everybody buys into his style. He knows exactly what he needs to do and they execute it perfectly. And I think you don't get a lot of managers. You're, you're going to get disagreements, but in that Livingston changing room, I don't think there'll be one player that disagrees with him because he's such a good people person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's very impressive. But Livingston, I think, again, they'll be fine this year. Great summer, great recruitment. Obviously getting Nubly in, which we all knew. Uh, the end of last season, not everybody in the championship knew Nubly was going back. I even speak to uh, Martin Dale in March, he was wanting Nubly back, but he couldn't get me on to the, to the end of the season when the form he was in. So that's like a new signing for him. Yeah, absolutely. Lewis, I'm going to put it to you that Habs picked up in the second half when Martin Boyle came on. That to me is not a coincidence. No, no, he's an absolute game changer for them. Really is cracking bit of business to get him back on a, on a three year deal. Um, yeah, as he said, came on yesterday. They just looked at they look a totally different team when he's when he's playing. Um, and to be honest, I thought the response was good in the second half from Hibbs. Um, you know, considering they looked well off the pace in the first half, they still look like to me that they're they're lacking in a couple areas of the pitch. They really do. Um, you know, the way they just they just went at it at all in the first half. But you know, Martin Boyle comes on and he's he's just frightening speed. Um, great feet, trickery, just kind of what they're missing, really, a real flair player. Um, and uh, again, you know, could 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 they have snuck a point yesterday? I'm I'm not so sure. Um, I'm already re- regretting my decision a couple of weeks back on the prediction show to say that Livingston are going to struggle because at the moment, the football they're playing, they look more top six candidates than they do Um Relegation threatened, I'd say. And that's the thing with Livingston as well is, is that they're so unpredictable. Yep. Like yep. you think I would have I would have said I would have been the opposite to Blair. I thought the, I thought the recruitment that summer was strange. But you look at it now and you think, yeah, they're beginning to gel. 
it looks a lot better, I would say, at Livingston. But Blair, Hibbs bringing in Martin Boyle as well. I thought in the second half, Hibbs Hibs would come out and top. But Iowa Balaye with a late winner. It was probably deserved just based on the first half. But it was a, it was an interesting game. I don't know if you saw the, the incident with Martin Dale and Johnson in the touchline. It was two managers really going at it. Again, we've seen it today with Chelsea and Tottenham. It's the scenes we don't want, but we do want, really. It's No, we definitely want them. We want it's them. a bit of excitement, isn't it? It's a, and we need it in Scottish football. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You hear the debates about pyro, you hear the debates about fans fighting, you hear the debates about... The only thing I don't like is fans running onto the pitch, um, but and fans asking for shirts. But see all this passion? The passion is part of football. Uh, you love it. You spoke about uh, Obelai. Similar to Anthony Stewart, he's another player that is uh, a level above as well. I was at the Livingston uh, Ross County game last year and he'd done the exact same last minute header because he's got that aggressiveness that not a lot of players have. As a centre back, he wants to want everything and he goes right, he'll go right through everybody in MD to get to the ball. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think he'll be at Livingston for long. Oh, like Queen no, of the South. When he was at Queen of the South, he was doing the exact same. And that's how we get noticed. Um so two really, really good signings. And what I'm also impressed with is the Livingston Scouts because they're picking up these players that are from smaller clubs and they're turning them, they're actually turning them into bigger clubs. Remember, Livingston haven't got a big budget. No. Do you know? And what they're doing with the budget they have, Thistle have actually got a bigger budget than them. And what they're doing with the budget they've got is remarkable. Even as a community club, um, everything they're doing, they're like, to be honest, they're a great club. And for me, saying that as a Thistle fan, when they relegated us and we've still not went back up, it says something, doesn't it? Yeah, it does that. I mean, as, as well as you say that they're, they're punching above their weight absolutely every season, but a wee word in Hibs, I'm just, we'll touch in the next game, obviously Lewis was there, but Hibs, it, it just strikes to me that this already, there's problems there. Like if, if you're relying so much on bringing one player back and they just, it's as if Boyle come in and just they were like confident they could go and do something. And I think when that happens, although you've got a big player like Martin Boyle, it shows you that there's there's a lack of confidence, and I don't think it was rubbing off. I think if if it takes one player to come in and really change it, I think there's problems there, and I don't. It doesn't get any easier. Obviously, in Saturday with Rangers coming to Easter Road, the next game I want to talk about St. Marin one Ross County. Can I just say something quickly? You on your goal. Did you see the SPFL highlights? They've actually missed out Hibbs's goal. Have they? Aye, they've not even got Hibbs's goal in it. So they've just got two Livingston's goals. Not even put in. Just shows yeah. you how much Hibs are killed about nowadays, isn't it? I know, but it's again, it's just you look at their team and it's like, where do they all play? Like, I, I don't know how the system works. And I spoke to a, I spoke to a Sunderland fan, a, a friend of mine, and he said like, Hibs will play. He'll set up to be really, really kind of defend first, thinking second. Like, I look at the defence, like. Obviously, Cadden and Cabrai, I think they're two good, good fullbacks, but Portis and Hanlon, Kenny Newell, going forward, you've got Melkerson, uh, that boy Tavares, Yuan. It's all kind of individuals. I don't know if there's a system yet, and it's going to take time, but I think yeah, in Scottish football, particularly at a club like Hibs, and we've seen it with Sean Maloney, if you're not getting a system and you're not getting results, you're not getting much time in Again, it's going to be an interesting few weeks for Hibs, but let's move on to the next game. St Mirren 1, Ross County 0. Lewis, you were at the game. Give us your overall reaction. It was a terrific goal to win the game for Richard Tate, but what, was it kind of a fair result, would you have said? 
Yes, yeah, I'd say so, Scott. Um, St Mirren definitely edged it. You know, it was a game that lacked real quality, in all honesty. Um, you know, both teams coming into it still without a win. Um, they can, both conceded five goals in the first couple of games. You know, the omens were were for a nil-nil draw. Um, and to be honest, for, for large spells, it kind of felt like it was going that way. St Mirren kind of dominated the first half. Um, again, kind of created numerous chances but just couldn't couldn't put them away um and uh, eventually you know a, a real moment of quality from Richard Tate it's a fantastic finish um, talk about picking your spot he uh, he certainly did that um and but to Ross County's credit you know they did they never kind of let the heads drop they, they really kind of battled towards the end and had a couple of great chances towards the end of the game um Aura Edwards he he struck the struck the post and I'm really uh, impressed with him actually yeah, yeah, he was he was really good last week in particular. I thought um, again, um, Malky Mackay got a good eye for a player. It seems yeah. that the, the the boys that he's uh, managed to bring in. But uh, no, I think St Mirren in particular slowly starting to to find their identity under Stephen Robinson. Um, I think particularly tactically as well. Um, first couple of games of season, you know, didn't look like they were kind of to be honest, look kind of relegation. Um, fodder from, from the first couple of performances, whereas Ross County, I thought, had performed relatively well in both their games. Um, but, uh, you know, St Mirren really frustrated them yesterday. Um, <coughs> I was particularly impressed with uh, Keanu Bacchus that they brought in um, from uh, um, Central Coast Mariners or something, is yeah, it? Okay. I think in yeah. Australia, so he's come, come from a good level. Um, he looks a really good find. Um particularly impressive yesterday, good pressing, um, fantastic range of passes as well. Um, so, yeah, no, all in all, positive signs of St Mirren. I know a couple of people are uh, doubting them this season, especially under Stephen Robinson, um, given that he'd only won, I think, one of his first, uh, what was it, about four of his first 13 or 14 games in yeah. charge. Um, but, uh, no, I thought they were good yesterday at times, Um and as you said, a moment of real brilliance has has kind of won the game. Blair, what was your kind of overall thoughts in the St. Mirren one Ross County? Now, I would say Ross County the the performances of the first two games maybe deserved results, but the but all reports and what I've saw of the game, Lewis, will know better than me. They just they, they weren't at the levels yesterday, and it showed. I think. If I hadn't hope shot like that, I, I think it deserves to win the game, doesn't it, Lewis? I nah, all honesty, what a finish! What a finish it was. Yeah. I mean, just dropped him at the edge of the box and he rifled that ball into the top corner, didn't he? Um, with, with, a, with a goal like that, <laughs> he's not a knowing goal scorer, Richard. I know. So I'm saying he's just hitting hope. It is, but he's done it expertly and he's made it look like he's meant it. So fair does to him. Um, what a finish! And with a goal like that, I think he just deserves to win a game, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm. A, I, I think Ross County should be a, a team to watch this season. I think the you look at the, the only team I think not to get a point so far. They're maybe hard done by with that. Like they played really well, I thought against Hearts and played really well against Celtic. But they'll take time. They'll get results. I don't think there's any issues. I was pleasantly surprised. St. Marin won. I thought, as you say, Lewis. I thought that was a nil-nil written all over it. I just thought St. Marin would frustrate Ross County. I just didn't see goals coming. But again, it's a as Blair says, it's a stroke of genius to win that game. But we'll move into the two games. Today. I think, sorry, I think Regan Charles Cook is a massive loss for them. Um, yeah. I mean, he is a player that was, again, majorly underrated. And he's went to a small team in Belgium. Um, 
he should have went to a much better club than that. Uh, and losing our mainstay player, him and Hungbo were excellent for Ross County last yeah, season. Yeah. Um, so how they fill in that hole, I don't know. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, concern for Ross County as well is that you know they're still winless. They've got Kilmarnock next weekend, which is a must three points because then they've got Rangers at Ibrox and Celtic again. You know, so realistically, they need to get three points on the board. Otherwise, you don't want to be in a you know without any points from your first five or six games. You know, you're leaving yourself a, a right uphill battle already. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's just getting off to that good start, but I do think it'll be fine. I think next week that could be a good game next week. Ross County and Kilmarnock, two teams probably desperate to get a, a win on the board. Kilmarnock now Celtic five. Celtic were rampant today. I thought they were very impressive. I, again, that early goal, just getting that early goal completely kind of settles them for the game and they just stroll it from there. I don't think they were brilliant. I don't think they were brilliant possession wise. I thought they were quite slack in possession, but as you say, it's that clinical edge. Maeda I thought was terrific. I don't understand the slack he gets at all. I think he's a workhorse. I thought Celtic were great today. I thought they just toyed with Kelly, to be honest. Blair, what was your overall thoughts? That's a 35 games Celtic are unbeaten in the Scottish Premiership. That's an unbelievable statistic when you think about it. I think you talk about, I talked about confidence earlier. See to pull off two overhead kicks. Yeah. It just shows, like, when was the last game you went to and there was two overhead kicks attempted, never mind scored. Yeah. It shows how confident they actually are as a unit, as a team. You see them every time they score, big group, all hugging each other, all, all laughing and giggling and stuff. Uh, they're such a great team to watch. And honestly, I, I actually think they will do well in Europe this season. Um, I think they'll finish at least third in the group stages because with the squad that they've got, I think they can they can do anything. It's that thing as well, like you say, like you get into their team, they've got Kyogo, Jota, Jota game was terrific today. Oh, I saw man. that I saw that thing about the should the goalkeeper save it? Yeah, he gets a touch on it, but it's a terrific strike. It's a really good strike. As the power well. he gets behind it. Yeah, and that's slow motion it looks easy, but the power yeah. he gets behind it, he's got no chance. And finding that space as well, like I, everybody knows about how I'm a bigger fan of Kyogo, his movement, just his awareness to be in that position. Maeda could have probably went himself, but he just knows where Kyogo's going to be. And Kyogo's just up. He knows, he knows that situation. He knows where Maeda's going to put the ball. He knows where to be. I think Kyogo's terrific. Again, somebody like Morris Jens as well. Two games in, two goals. That, that'll do wonders for him because it, we know in this game as a central defender in Scottish football, even if it starts to go wrong, you, you get a bit of criticism, but creating that first impression, two goals in two games, I think it's going to be terrific for that. Lewis, the, the point Blair made there about squad depth, I want to just say Celtic have got this spot on the past few, like six months or so. Again, we spoke about last season, just Celtic trying to just find that kind of rhythm in their team. You take off your front three and you bring on Forrest, Giacomacus and Abada. It shows you just how much strength they've got up front. And obviously Starfield comes on and scores. Their bench is superb and they've just got so much depth. It's scary, Scott, to be honest. It is scary. You look at the game last weekend as well against Ross County. They were making hard work of that. And then the subs came on and just a new lease of life. Um, you know, the, as you said, the strength they've got there is fantastic. Um, I think, you know, they started in a certain fashion that will make Ange Postacoglu believe and re be really confident that they will retain their title this year. 
it's the football they're playing. They were absolutely relentless again. Um, the only thing I'd say is that they've still to kind of face the test of having two weeks, uh, two games a week. You know, they'll have the Champions League um, starting up in September, so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of maintain these uh, early season levels. Um, they have been really impressive, but as I said, with, you know, facing slightly better opposition in Europe, how that might affect their domestic form, it will be interesting to see. Um, but as you said, I mean, Jens, he, in particular, he looks a, a, an absolute power power um, power horse at the back there, you know, and again, you know, Ange Poshkogli spoke last week about having no one's place is secured in the team. You know, he's got Starfelt coming back. Stephen Welsh has looked really good mm-hmm. um, early season as well for Celtic. So, as he said, fantastic options to have. Um, and uh, they've been they've been clinical so far. Um, you know, Kilmarnock, Derek McInnes altered his formation today to try and kind of combat Celtic, and it just it didn't work. But that's the thing. If you do that and you were to go after six minutes, where do you go for there? Yep. Yep, and... spot one. And that's the thing. And I'll quite, I'll quite mention before we talk about Kilmarnock, I wanted to try to mention out to Greg Taylor, who I thought has been absolutely terrific. I thought he's been terrific so far this season. Today gets a lot of stick. Gets a lot of stick yeah. And I thought today as well, going to going to your former club, it's never easy, but he absolutely strolled. I thought it was brilliant today. And especially when the Celtic spent three million on a left back as well. I thought that's probably Greg Taylor kind of number two, but he's kept his place really well and in that form, I don't think anybody can say he doesn't deserve to be the starting left back. But it was uh, on quite a few of the apps. He was man of the match today. Yeah, I gave him man of the match. I thought it was. You know, it's, it's mad that he didn't get an assist. He didn't get a goal, and he was man of the match. It shows actually how well he played. Yeah, because Celtic scored five, and he still managed. You know. Yeah, and I think that's the thing as well. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have said Celtic's midfield was great today. I thought they were very slack in possession. But as you say. If you're solid at the back and you've got a, a front three like that who are just so eager just to get the ball in the net and recover every blade of grass, I think Maeda is just a workhorse. I think he's 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 everywhere. I don't think he's the best player. I don't think he's a terrific footballer. But just like to complement the front too well, like Jota, obviously we know what he does. He's been terrific so far this season. Kyogo's movement and just clinical nature. Maeda does a lot of the groundwork to get that going and just he's. I think I'm, I've been impressed with the front three, but yeah, as I say, Blair, Lewis touched on an interesting point about Kilmarnock. I don't understand what Derek McInnes was thinking. Make it difficult for Celtic. Don't match them. And then when it goes 1-0, you're just, you're really just kind of opening the floodgates for a, a doing, which is what they got. Yeah. Um, a couple of decisions for Derek McInnes in the last year or so. Uh, joining Kilmarnock for a first. Um and then, obviously, the championship. He's a couple of games I went to. I went to the game against Air United last season uh, on my channel, and they get beat two one off there. Then get into this season as well. Couple of signings he's made. He's brought in some team. He's transformed the full team, but he's playing some players in odd positions. You know, mm-hmm. and he's playing some players out of position, and it's frustrating the Kelly fans. And uh, today, I just think he got it all wrong. Um, there was no confidence in the team to start with. And then from there, I think they had like one or two chances, but they, they just get torn apart. Leah, if you were a Kilmarnock fan, what would you think of the number of players he's brought in on loan 
I see he's brought in quite a few boys on loan the last couple of weeks. It's not even the loan players. He's brought in about, must be about 12, 13 good quality players. The wage bill must be massive in Kelly right now. Uh, because these aren't players that have like uh, fell from the ranks. These are players that are still playing at a good level. And uh, I, a lot of Kelly fans are frustrated with him. Because he's not playing a good style of football as well. Aberdeen fans didn't like him because he was very def- defensive. And you've seen it with Kelly just now. Aye, I mean, it's a tough one. I think it's, we, we, spoke, we speak about Kelly a lot on here. And I think as well, it's going to take time. A lot of new players to gel in. And again, there's just a bit. I don't understand. You, you play, if you've set up to play a certain way. And you don't change it for one team, don't. And Celtic just exploited it and were terrific. But yeah, I think it will take Kelly time to gel. I do think I do still think I do think they'll get it right. I can see Kelly being a top six team this season, but they need to improve on that. But a massive one for Celtic and they go top of the league. Final game of the weekend in the Premiership, Hearts four, the D United one. What a bad seven days for the D United boy. I would actually like to start on Shankland. Because yeah. what I've seen in here is mm-hmm. um for him to come back to Scottish football and kick off so quickly, it's remarkable. He's proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and, yeah, I'm all for it. I think he's exactly what Hearts have needed. Boyle was doing that for a while, but he kind of slipped off the pace a bit as well. But, yeah, as you said, Dundee United, I was on the channel once again. I was at the Dundee United versus AZ Altmar team, and I left the game speechless because Dundee United were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I was obviously at the game at Tannadice and not the other game, yeah. uh, second leg, but phenomenal team. I said that they had quality in every area of the pitch. They were all doing their job exactly. And how wrong was that? Because they've just, after that game, they've just lost all their confidence. I think uh, the game against Edith Dalmar, they were picked apart by a quality side. But yeah, it was just another drowning today wasn't it yeah and Lewis as you say you lose seven goals in midweek it's so hard to come back from that and especially against a team like Hearts who as you say have got clinical players like Mackay who I thought was terrific today as well Lauren Shankland the boy Grant I think for Peterborough looks a really good find it's it was only going to be one winner wasn't it it's so hard for the United to pick themselves up from a doing like that in the week, uh, during the week yeah it certainly has been a bruising four days for them and um, he looks <coughs> Agile defensively, um, you know, not only obviously did you see that in midweek, but again, you know, the early signs in this game today, they just look there to be had. Um, certainly another day to forget. For them. Um, I'm pleased to see that uh, Shankland has been living up to my, my big early season prediction and proving Charlie, uh, Charlie Richmond wrong. Hopefully he can continue on this uh, goal scoring streak yeah. um, this season. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, no, in terms of Dundee United, you wonder what it might do for the confidence levels. That would be a real concern for me, um, just on the back of these two results. Um, you know, a lot of young players as well in that squad, you know, they've been kind of really good at promoting youth from their academy. I last felt year. for the goalkeeper as well, obviously losing Seagrass, a big loss, but uh, I think, is it Burgetti, I think his name is? Yep. He couple just, of howlers. Yeah, I think he had a disappointing afternoon, and I think it was. I think he obviously. I don't. I can't. I can't think that he played during the week. Yeah, he played. He played during the week. He played last week, but and uh, he was actually the making of the goal because he started to play so fast, and everybody was praising him. Secrets, secrets. When I've done that before, 
Tigris would have been slow getting the ball out and then punted up the park, whereas uh, Berigetti would he gets it straight out, but he doesn't look like the greatest shot shot stopper, does he? No, he didn't today. I thought he'd have a poor poor afternoon, and as you say. You're losing 11 goals in a week. That can't be good for a player's confidence. And, but I he's, thought Haas were really good as well. He's another goalkeeper that's come with a big reputation to Dundee yeah, United. Yeah, he has so, that. There was a couple of fans I saw on Twitter after the game today saying that flashes of uh, A.G. Kawashima from a nice. <laughs> years ago um, with the, the howlers that he's produced in the last couple of days. So um, they'll be hoping that uh, he can really kind of... Restore his confidence levels in the next couple of games. Poor Dundee United fans are getting they're getting a hell this week. Even getting Kawashima brought back up here. Yeah. <laughs> but as you say, I mean, it's just it's going to be tough for the United. But Hearts have a massive game coming up on Thursday as well. We'll touch on that in a few minutes. Well, let's get into the Championship. We'll run through the results during the week. During the weekend, Dundee four, Abroad two, Air United two, Hamilton two, Inverness four, Cove Rangers one, Queens Park three, Partick Thistle two. And Wraith Rovers 2, Morton 1. Lewis, what was the results that caught your eye in the Championship this weekend? Queen's Park for me, Scott. Fantastic result <laughs> for them. Um, Partick Thistle, obviously, uh, one of my tips to, to win the league, really, this year. Um, uh, just a fantastic result for Queen's Park. They look, they look comfortable at this level as well. You know, they haven't been in the, the second tier of Scottish football for a long, long time. Um and uh, the early impressions, you know, going up to Inverness, getting a point, losing to air was a disappointment. But, you know, that result yesterday, um, I know they, they have the issues of not having a permanent home as well. They're playing at Ockleview and Stennis Muir this year. But uh, fantastic result for them yesterday. Um, by all accounts, it sounded like they they were the better team. They deserve to win, um, from what I heard. Um and uh, he's signed well. They've got a real good-looking squad at the moment, a good blend of youth and experience. I see they brought in a Nigerian internationalist the other day as well, mm-hmm. Stefan Eze. So, yeah, um, yeah no, impressed with uh, the job Owen Coyle's doing there. Um, it's kind of taken him a, a wee bit of time just to kind of find his feet. Um, but that result yesterday for them will give them a lot of, a lot of confidence going forward. Blair, what was your thoughts on your team's 3-2 defeat yesterday? Uh, first of all, hats off to Queen's Park. They are a, some team that put the money into it, fair enough, but there's a difference between putting money into it and getting it right. And they've done it exactly right. Owen Coyle's some manager, he's too good for the Scottish Championship. Um, a Premier League manager, you know, uh, and he's doing terrific with them. Uh, as of Thistle, if you look at Thistle's record since January, I think questions are going to start getting asked of Ian McCall um, because there's a lot of people starting to crack up now. I'm staying patient, but with the players that we've brought in, we're not doing good enough. We've got such a good squad, but his team selection is just nowhere near it. Uh, first of all, taking Jamie Snedden out and putting David Mitchell in. He's a second fiddle keeper from Hibs. He was at Clyde. Jamie Snedden is one of the best keepers I've ever seen play with Thistle. Um, so I don't know what he's thinking with that. And yeah, that I think that kind of starts with the confidence, as I said, from behind you. If you've got a con- confident keeper, or if you've got a keeper you don't really know that well, it's going to like lead in front. So, And uh, Tunjak and all that, ever since his red card against Airdrie, uh, his confidence has been shot. 
And then just at the weekend there, it got ripped apart, apparently. I wasn't at the game, um, but I've watched it and I've heard all the thistle does on the Facebook page. And yeah, just it seems as if nothing's cl- quite clicking at the moment. Um, Tiffany's a big miss. T- yeah, t- Tiffany should have been away to Dundee United, to be honest with you. I heard the rumours about that, but I think that's over now the new manager's in. Um, and then you've obviously got him getting injured. Tony Weston from Rangers, he's not even giving him a game. He's bringing him on for the last 10 minutes. He's young, energetic. He's a good uh, finisher as well. He's a really good finisher. Anton Dowd's as well. Anton Dowd's a really good signing. That's what I'm saying, but he's not keeping a consistent lineup. He's swapping, chopping yeah. and changing. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's like he's got too many options, I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel there's far too many options in the squad. And he doesn't he doesn't even know himself what's what he wants to do. So I think we need to get something sorted in that sense. Um and because we've got probably the strongest bench we've had in about five years. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I think as well. I want to give shout outs as well. Inverness and Dundee were big wins over the weekend as well. Dundee beating our broth, I think it's a big turning point for both teams. I think our broth, although we they were the story of Scottish football last season, I think they will struggle a bit this season. I think teams have kind of found out found them out how to play and obviously Dundee I think it was just that that kind of one kind of turns them round I think a lot of people are thinking will they get a run going I think that could be the start of something good Austin Samuels for Inverness again with a double he's a really really good sign and I really like him but yeah two massive wins for Inverness and Dundee who I think will be up near the top come the end of the season League 1 Alloa 2 FC Edinburgh 4 Clyde 3 Kelty 0 Falkirk 3, Peterhead 1, Queen of the South 1, Airdrieonians 1, and Inferland 1, Montrose 0. Blair, what was your takeaway from League 1 over the weekend? FC Edinburgh. Um, they're just doing exactly what Queen's Park are doing as well. They've put money into it, but they're doing it right. Um, a lot of haters with a new stadium. I obviously went and done a vlog at their stadium. Um, I was working with them, so I couldn't really say much. But uh, the stadium's getting a lot of hate at the moment. I'll keep my mouth shut about it. Uh, I'll just continue to say it's a good stadium. But in terms of the team, they've just added to what they already had and they're shocking everybody at the moment. That's Where are they in the league now? They're, they're at the top anyway. Yeah, I think they're pretty well. Let's have a wee look. I think they're sitting about third. Aye. As you say, like it's some, some start, especially for a team. I don't think anybody gave them a shot at getting promoted. In the playoffs, they're sitting fourth. Sorry, they're sitting fourth in six points with three games. But that's a really good start for a promoted team. Yeah, um, and they're just continuing to play as as they did. Even against Abroth, they held their own against Abroth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abroth's quality obviously showed uh, earlier in the season when I was at the game. But yeah, I think they'll do really well this season. I think they'll be around the playoff spots. Lewis, what's the result of the weekend for you in the League One? You know, it's, it's an interesting one, Scott, because I think most of the results were kind of relatively predictable in this league. Um, however, I'm going to pick up on Kelty Hearts. Yeah, I want, to, I want to get your thoughts on them. Eight goals conceded in their first three games for a team that has been flying, again, bit doing a cove, you know, Edinburgh City, flying through the leagues. An incredibly one-sided game yesterday. Yeah, Clyde absolutely battered them. Given the quality of player Kelty have assembled there, 
I'm very concerned. I'm not too sure where it's going wrong here. And you look at their team, it's not overly different for last season. Nope, nope. They retained majority of their, their core there and they've added guys like... Um, Kyle Docker to you. Yep, yep. They've got decent quality players there. And... Uh, he was from Albion Rovers, wasn't he? Yeah. Really, really creative player. Yeah. Um, they've done well with him, but yeah. It's a weird one. And Austin up front, you know, you're yeah, getting exactly. only from him. So I don't know if he's got a, an issue or something so far this season, but I know they changed their manager. Uh, in the summer, there was a lot of talk about Kevin Thompson. Yeah. He was going to let, land a full-time post. Um, they've replaced him with John Potter, who uh, is a good coach. You know, he'd been around the scene a long time. Uh, yeah. Berlin, but uh, again, taking on his first managerial gig. And, and going into a club that's kind of full in confidence on the back of promotion. So um, I'm quite alarmed by their start to the season. Um, what's your what's your take on it, Scott? I just think it's a weird one, as you say. Like, it can't just be down to a manager leaving. Like, it, just, it can be. Like uh, You look at their team, you, I mean, I'll read a few names off. Jamie Berjonis, Joe Cardle, Nathan Austin, Michael Tidzer. They're four of the best players in, the league, in League Two last season. And they're too good to be playing in League Two, so I, I don't understand it. I don't know if it's been getting used to a complete kind of change of system. I don't know what it is. Is it nerves going up to a league? Like, obviously, Kelty coming from the kind of juniors a few years ago, is it getting up the leagues? But again, we was, I was sitting thinking, or Clyde, Clyde I, I was thought, I thinking Clyde are going to be relegation for the, they're sitting second in the league after yep. three games. It's, it shows you as well. It's just, it's we can make all the predictions we want. It just it never ever turns out that way. If you'd said to me, after, at the start of the season who wins that game I would have said Kelty won at 3-0 not Clyde yep. so yep. it's a weird one again it'll be interesting to see what happens at Kelty because I know the ambition they've got I know a few people at the club I know how keen they are to progress up the leagues this will not be a, a good start and again I, I feel I think they will be fine this season Scott I do I think they'll be fine I just think though, if you get to maybe 5 or 6 games yep. and you're not off to a good start yep. again when you've changed your manager and you've went from a manager, who, Kevin Thompson, who's well thought of in the game, again, John Potter, I know he's a good coach. I know he's he's obviously been at Hibs for a while. Five or six games where a club as ambitious as Kelty, are they going to maybe kind of panic a bit and make a change? I don't know. I, I certainly wouldn't think he deserves a bit more time than that. But if it kind of gets, a, gets into a really, really bad start, what happens there and again they're sitting bottom of the league minus seven in goal difference as you say it's not a start for a team again one, who I think we're aiming for promotion Yeah, there's one team in this league however I do think will be cut adrift by Christmas I really do and I'm saying that quite confidently that I think Peterhead are destined for the drop this year I think yeah, the, I the, early, right, the yeah. early signs from them um, miles off the pace in all, all three games so far mm-hmm. um, they got so, a point I think they got a point first game I think I think they're missing big side Ferry <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird one. It's, it's a weird one. Obviously, Peter Head. See, they get hammered today. Yeah, four 0 for you, Stirling Uni as well. That was going to. That was always going to take time to build. I think a lot of people thought that was going to be a a straight up after one year. There's no chance. I think there's no chance of that. Now they might prove me wrong, but I think you look at teams in that league, like East Kilbride, Spartans, who are off to a good start. Bowness have made a terrific start to that league as well. Again, I think that's a project. I think that's a work in progress. League two, let's get into League Two. Albion Rovers now, East Fife one, Dumbarton four, Annan now, four for two, Elgin two, Stirling three, Stenhouse Muir now, and Stranraer two, Bonnie Rag two. 
Lewis, Dumbarton and Stirling the big wins as well. What was your overall takeaways from League Two over the weekend? Dumbarton looked really good. Yes. Um, yep. Declan Byrne, I think four goals already this season. Yeah. Kind of top quality striker for that level. I know he banged a minute to Albion Rovers, so that's a really good addition for them. And they've managed to attract players of a decent calibre that have some of them have championship experience. Um, so yeah, I think the Barton will be will be right up there this year. I really do. Um, impressed with them yesterday. Um, quite comfortable because Annan, Annan have kind of been the surprise package um, for the last couple of seasons. Always yeah. kind of up in the, in the, in amongst the, the kind of playoff spots. So um, that was a that was a, a hammering uh, they took yesterday. And Sterling as well. You know, it's been a slow start, but um, in Dale Carrick they've got a. Mm-hmm. A prolific goal scorer, um, you know, Stennis Muir, the team they've assembled as well. I know a lot of people kind of fancying them to, to do really well this season, but uh, I think they had a man sent off inside the first five minutes yesterday. And uh, obviously, when you know, when that pick happens, it uh, leaves you over the mountain to climb. So, um, yeah, no, a, a positive result there for Sterling. Um, one of the grows again, never know when they're beaten. Oh, last minute equaliser, yep, Lee Curry, former Hebs man. So, mm-hmm. um a bit of a set piece specialist as well. Um, on all honesty, kind of thought they were going to win going down to Sunrise today. Um, I know they had a man reduced and kind of made the task a wee bit easier for them in the second half, but a good fighting spirit for them um, yeah. from Bonnyrigg. Uh, a lot of interesting results in this league this weekend. I think Elgin deserve a shout out as well. You know, they ended the game with, with nine men and uh, they managed to, to hold four for to a draw who I think are uh, tipped to... to, to win this league this year so um, they deserve a shout as well Scott. yeah absolutely as well Blair what was your overall thoughts in League 2 and an Athletic uh, another team I seen last season I, w- I was at the playoff final against Edinburgh yeah, what was Edinburgh City then yeah for Dumbarton to beat them for now we always know Dumbarton are a high end um, low league team you know but for them to beat them for now I think uh, that's a massive result for Dumbarton and it's a terrible result for Annan. But after that final, I think I think that Annan are going to flop because that was really the one chance to get the highest position they've ever been. Yeah, that's the highest they have ever been. Obviously, they get promoted. Uh, how long ago was it? About 10 years ago or something? Into the 2008 league. when Gretna went down, mm-hmm. so I 14 years. Uh, so, yeah. <coughs> after getting so high I think they are going to have a struggle this season I don't see them getting relegated but I think they'll be about mid-table I know I keep a very open league as well but I'm really impressed with Stevie Farrell and Dumbarton so far as well Bonner I keep their unbeaten run going so it's going to be an interesting season for the, the teams in League 2 right let's quickly do the games over the, the midweek we've got two games to touch on quick score predictions Rangers versus PSV Blair will Rangers win at Ibrox in the first leg I'm going to go 2-1 the Rangers? Uh, 2-1 to Rangers, aye. Uh, I think it'll be a very close game. Obviously, it's all on the line for both teams. Mm-hmm. It's all about money nowadays, isn't it? So, massive game for both teams. Um, Celtic already bit in Champions League as well, so it's even bigger for Rangers after the upset of last season. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1. It'll leave it close for the second leg. Lewis, will Rangers beat PSV? No. No, I'm going 1-1 draw. Okay. Um. PSV are no mugs, Scott. I think yeah, they are. Um, and you know, there's a lot of chat about how kind of they made it hard work against Monaco um, in the previous round. But I just think they've got a couple of players in there that um, 
are top class. I think Joey Veerman has got the potential to be really... It's a really... name that rings a bell. Yes, yeah. I think, um, is it two or three boys that Rangers have been previously linked with in this team? Yeah, there is, yeah. There's a few. As you mentioned, likes of Cody Gakpo. I think Cody Gakpo's been told, I think, if you get his out in the Champions League, you'll get a move. I think Man United are looking at him. I think he watched the APSV now after that, but like... And Luke de Jong as well. Luke big, de Jong, yeah, big yeah. name, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just think they've got some really good players. I'm really looking forward to the Van Bronckhorst, Van Nistelrooy, yeah. you know, to old international teammates going at it. Um, it'll be an intriguing matchup. I don't know. I just have a feeling that PSV are going to get something out of this. Ibrox Rangers fans will, will hate me saying it, <laughs> given that uh, you know Ibrox has been an absolute fortress. I think you know an interesting point that the first leg is at home. I think, you know, in all honesty, Rangers might have preferred the, the first game away. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think this is going to go right down to the wire. It's so tough to call. £40 million jackpot on the line. Um, yeah, it's going to going to be... A I'm, having a sore, I'm having a sore head thinking about the making a prediction in this game. I think this is two really good sides. I think Rangers, as you say, that fortress at Ibrooks, PSV are a top team. There's a lot of good players in their team. Like we mentioned, Gakpo, Veerman. Uh, Tezzi at the back, I think it's terrific. I think he'll be an, he'll be the next kind of big player that leaves there to easy to go to, like an English club or things like that. And everybody that listens to the podcast knows I'm quite a fan of Dutch football, so I know this team well. I know P, I know what PSV do. I know that Van Nistelrooy is a terrific tactical manager. I think I'm in Van Bronckhorstel. I think they'll be coming looking for a. They'll know what they're coming into. They'll know that how big this venue has been in the past year. I I'm going to give Rangers a two-one-one, and I think it will be all. I think it will be so tight going into the game at uh, the Phillips Stadium next Wednesday. So I think Rangers will win. I think Rangers will make home advantage count, but it will be a different game going back to Hall next week. Blair Hearts go to Swiss champions Zurich in the Europa League. They're guaranteed European football, but if they win this, they're in the Europa League. Can Hearts do it? Eh, uh, I'm going to go. 2-1 Zurich, maybe 3-1 Zurich. I think it's going to be too tough and I ask for them. Hearts are a very good side, but I think Zurich are just going to be too strong for them. Lewis, will Hearts go to Switzerland and get a result and bring it back to have advantage at Tynecastle? They will, Scott. They will. Yeah, yeah. I doubted Hearts early season. Um, Zurich, I think, five games into their league season, they've picked up two points. Yes, that's correct. They've not had a good start to their season. No, I don't know much about their squad. And they went out honest. really early in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, I know they've got decent quality players there. They kind of made light work of Linfield in the previous round. But yeah. I don't know. I just have a good feeling about Hearts. You know, that's three games, um, three consecutive wins. That they'll, you know, they'll be full of confidence going out there. They've got Shankland, ban the goals in. As I said, a lot of kind of creative players that uh, have been chipping in as well. I fancy Hearts for a big result, and I hope that's not an omen for a capitulation second leg. But uh, I think Hearts can go there and uh, bring bring back a, a lead. There's a player I want to get. I want to give Hearts fans a warning about who I think is a terrific player for. Uh, Zurich, and his name is Ole Selinsas. He's a defensive midfielder. He's only he's 28 years old and he's been around the block. He's signed from China. He's a terrific talent. He's really good. Keep an eye on him. I think if had if Hearts go there and get a result, it's a massive result. I know Zurich haven't started well, but 
again, going to Switzerland, they've won the Swiss League, they beat the likes of young boys in Basel who are really good sides. They're no mugs. And going there, I think Zurich will be slight favourites in the home leg, but if Hearts can get something out of that game and take it back to Tynecastle, they can make home advantage count in the second leg. We are going to wrap up the show there. It has been an absolute pleasure to do the show with the boys. Lewis and Blair, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Here, Scott. Thank you. Thank you very much to everyone that's tuned in. Please join us on the other shows coming up over the channel over the week. And we'll be back next weekend to talk about all the action in the Premiership. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers.